I'm Brandon Carey. I'm Jason Grady. This is the Medic Class Citizen Podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, today we have a really special guest with us, Adam Morgan of the Philadelphia Phillies. We pr- really appreciate you coming, man. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Far walk. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So what we want to take away from today's discussion is a little bit of insight on talks that you and I have had before in that I think that there are similarities between the type of stress that we are put under. So, yes, you're a Major League Baseball player. I'm a paramedic. Jason's a paramedic. But whether it's being on a mound, bottom of the ninth, two outs, bases loaded, there's 40,000 people either screaming at you to succeed or fail, along with hundreds of thousands of people watching you, or it's you're on an ambulance and the first boot you put on the ground, there's a frantic mom that comes up to you and tosses you a limp and lifeless child and pleads for you to fix it. So... Those are two very different situations, but your body responds in the exact same way. And you have to do the exact same thing. You have to clear out your mind. You have to focus and you have to get your job done. So we've talked about, you know, what do you do versus what I do? And I mean, I think that it's a great conversation that people can take some valuable information away from. And man, I really do think that you have a lot of other valuable lessons from the mound that you can share Um, that we can take away to have a better mindset as paramedics and EMTs. But first off, I think we need to get to know you a little bit. Yeah, what do you want to know? Where are you from, man? (laughs) Um, I was uh, born in Tampa, Florida, and spent about a year there and then moved to Marietta, Georgia, and spent you know, my childhood there and and grew up with elementary, middle school, and high school all in Cobb County. And yeah, just... uh, so did you grow up a Braves fan? Is that easy enough? To, I mean, obviously <laughs> enough to, especially now that their new stadium is yeah. right in your backyard. Mm-hmm. Truest park. Truest <laughs> park. <laughs> I don't understand marketing, I guess. Yeah, I don't I either. was. I, I was a big Braves fan. I um, I grew up watching them in, in the 90s. The 90s was like the big time <laughs> yeah. Braves fan. Oh, yeah. You know, that pitching staff that they had and them winning uh, – World Series in 95. I mean, it was a good time to be a Braves fan. So you grew up in Marietta. Did you go to high school in Marietta as well? Yep. Went to Cal High School and um, enjoyed it there. And um, from there, went to the University of Alabama. Cool. Played baseball there. And now uh, my junior year, my sophomore year is when I started getting really recruited and thinking that, hey, I could maybe do this at the next level. Junior year, I got... Uh, drafted by the Phillies and been with them ever since, since yeah. uh, 2011. Cool. So when did you know, like even before you were you were recruited, when did you know, like, this is what I want to do? I mean, obviously every kid, yes, most kids, yeah, I'm going to be a professional baseball player. But when did you really know that you wanted to, not necessarily that you could, but that you really wanted to and what drove you? I think, I think it came in college. It, it came sophomore year of college when – people were telling me that I could do it. Mm. Um, up until that point, I was just playing it until I couldn't play it anymore. And it was fun. And I mean, it, it still is fun, but everybody that I talk to about, uh, you know, what I do, I'm like, you know, it's, it's a game, it's fun, but it's a whole, there's a whole different side of it when it comes to being a professional, you know, you, 
comes money and, and everybody's trying to get you for cheap and you got to live out of two suitcases and mm. you got to try to raise a family. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of moving, a lot of, uh, a lot of on the go picking up and going hard to find time to hunt, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but you do find it. And we, we find it, but it's, uh, so I, I would say, I would say sophomore years when I really, uh, knew that maybe I could do this and like the mentality I had before, I was just going to ride it out as long as I can and until they take the Jersey on me. So one thing that I, uh, one thing that I loved about you from the start, whenever we first met, uh, it was very clear that you have a heart for public safety, military. I, I know that you have a very close, a very close friend, like a brother to you in the army. Um, so it's just really cool to be able to use this as a platform to kind of combine those two worlds, take some stuff away from it. Absolutely. And, and that's, you know, doing this podcast, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that yeah, there are some similarities, but what you guys do in, in, in public safety and those those people out there that are that are saving lives and and, and protecting the streets and, and anything in between, those are the real heroes and those are we're we're totally different in that aspect. You know, I play a game, you can't play a game with life. <laughs> so when that point came when you realized, yeah, this is what I could do for a living, did that change your mentality on preparation? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you always want to play the game as long as you can. And, but knowing that this could be your last game, I knew mm -hmm. that, you know, I, I could finish up my senior year and I'd still be on the baseball team. And, you know, saying I don't get injured, I'd play another game. Now, you, they can release you and you go home. You're done. And it's, um, so now making sure that I can take care of myself, making sure that my body's in shape and, and watching what I put into my body um, to a certain extent is is definitely something that I take into consideration now and, and put a put a heavy emphasis on it. Well, I know that the, the training that you do during the off season is to me, it's ridiculously impressive. I mean, the, the amount of commitment that you have to have, the dedication, the discipline. I mean, it's and it makes me think of, again, whenever we teach paramedic students, when we teach EMT students, you you have to grind. I mean, nobody's going to give it to you. Nobody is. You have to dig deep. You have to study. You, and it's so much more than that. It's more than just memorizing dosages. It's more than reading the chapters in a book. It's a complete mindset. And again, like you're saying, you're preparing for that, that one, that one game, you know, like you said, it may be your last. And, and that's what I think is neat about the crossover in this conversation. So what is going through your mind? And I think that paramedic students, paramedics in general can take away what's going through your mind when you're preparing. I mean, are you thinking about a game in particular? Are you thinking about the next step? Are you one step at a time? What what exactly do you, what's your mindset? Yeah, I try to be, so my main thing is I try to be where my feet are. You know, you, you can't really predict what's going to happen, but when it comes to training and trying to get yourself ready for those situations, you always think of it that way, like, okay, if this happens, I need to prepare myself for this, 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 and this situation because in baseball, being especially being a pitcher, 
there's so many scenarios that you can't just pinpoint one. It's like, okay, if I throw a ball here, is he going to hit it? Is he going to pop it up? Is he going to foul it off? Is he going to swing through it? You know, is he going to put it in play some way? So for me, it, it always falls back on the training and, and making sure that the little things are done right. So when you when you get in that situation or you get in another situation that you didn't think was going to happen, but you already, you know, did your due diligence and, and practice that scenario, you know, it just takes over your instinct takes, takes over. And, and there's a lot of, in, in baseball, we call them uh, PFPs, pitcher fielding practice, and everybody hates them. All they do is just roll a ball back to you and you throw to first base. Mm. There's been so many times and so many games that you'll see, a ball get hit back to the pitcher, and he almost panics. And he'll take it, and he'll throw it to first base, but he'll throw it in the stands. And you're like, he probably slacked off, was in the back of the line mm. during the PFP drills, and didn't take it serious. So I think that just training for every situation possible that could happen, um, whether, I mean, you're always doing it intentionally, but... Um, you know, spring training is coming up and it, it's a lot of busy work. It seems like a lot of busy work. You're just doing boring stuff. But if you actually take it for what it's worth and do it, it's going to set you up for those scenarios. Are you sure you're not a paramedic student? <laughs> no, dude, I'm <laughs> telling you, bro. It is unreal. So, I, we should have brought a paramedic yeah. student in here so you can hear the back and forth. It is identical. So do you have a, a regular training regimen, um, both, uh, and, and kind of take us through not just the physical side, mm -hmm. but the cerebral side, the mental side, the either watching game film, knowing your opponents, um, you know, the, the direction they may head. How do you, how do you prepare both physically and mentally just in general, not necessarily for a specific game, but even like now, you know, you're about to go into the preseason, take us through that, that preparation process. Yeah, I mean, well, preseason, there's not really much uh, video to watch or, uh, you know, studying of the hitters and what uh, they're doing and what their tendencies are. But it's more about what what can I do? And when it comes to, uh, like, the mentality, when I train and I throw, I video um, my, my pitches, my motion, I try to get that down and get that solidified and get that kind of, uh, you know, nailed down before I can take the next step. And that's uh, paying attention to hitters or, uh, you know, where their tendencies are. But during the year, we'll go into a series, say we're facing the Braves, and um, Freddie Freeman's really struggling with a slider down and away from a left-hander. Or you can really get in on uh, Ozzy Albee's hands. Those those tendencies, I mean, they're going to change throughout the year. But when it boils down to it, you you match your strengths to their weaknesses, and you always stick to your strengths until they beat you, and they beat you continuously. Mm -hmm. So you just stick to what you know, what you do best, what got you there, and then you know until they hit a home run or hit one in the gap or something like that, until you get continuously beat you don't change for them. So that's kind of like, but, but the, the mental side is, is for me is sticking to my strengths, what got me there and not, not getting off that path. Give, give us an example where there was something, you know, hopefully, you know, either unexpected 
uh, good or bad, that uh, your preparation, maybe this scenario where, where your preparation either over someone else's or just your preparation benefited you? Do you have any like, just stories of, of things like that? I don't know. There's a lot of it that uh, it's like your gut instinct uh, that, that really that I kind of see. I mean, when you're in the moment, when you're in the game and you know the hitter that's up to bat and you know it's kind of like a chess game. He he thinks that he knows what you're throwing. You think that that he has no idea, vice versa. And you kind of make that decision to where, look, I'm going with my gut, and if I get beat, I'm getting beat with my gut, and I can answer those questions. But if you do that and you say, well, so-and-so told me to throw this or so-and-so told me to do this, you know, that to me is where you're where – you're, kind of placing the blame on somebody else like i didn't mm. i didn't do it i mm. just i just threw it there where i was yeah. told to be thrown um but i think it it, it just kind of like your gut instinct there there's been balls hit to the right side um second or first base and i don't i don't think i need to get over and and cover first base because i'm like okay well the second baseman will get that or the the first base won't get that and just run it at first. Mm. There's been there's been times where I got called my pants down probably one too many times in the minor leagues. So every time a ball is hit to the right side, I run my butt over there and cover first base. So I try to avoid those situations, but I, I guess there's been a couple times in the minor leagues that I have kind of messed up and and not covered first base. But at the same time, it it all go it. It goes down to to what you're feeling. It boils down to like what you're feeling right there in that moment. That, that almost makes me think about managing a critical patient with a group of people in the back of the ambulance. You know, when it's shoulder to shoulder, packed really tight, you got a critical patient in front of you, and you are delegating responsibility. You, you're almost going with your gut. There is no cookie cutter approach to in any of those situations. Mm-hmm. You know, you are. You may be managing the airway as the paramedic and delegating, I need an IV over here. I need you to do vital signs. I need you to put the monitor on, so on and so forth. So, again, that's, you know, I think there's a great correlation there between the two. Yeah, and I think that can lead us some to some questions about just team dynamics. Yeah, uh, you know, absolutely. for instance, so if, you know, balls hit to the first baseman, he turns he turns around, he expects you to be standing on first to throw it to, but you're not there. Oh. Well, now you're, you know, but if but if, if there's those intangibles. I only get the balls that are rolled right to me. Right. Um, you know, so they, they can anticipate where you're going to be when mm. you're when you're supposed to be there. Talk, talk a little bit to to team dynamics again, maybe where you've you've had some wins and losses, not the game, but some wins and losses in situations where, you know, either the team it worked really well because the team was together and how much do you have to prepare mm. as a team rather than individual in communication. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, so in spring training and sometimes before games, we'll, we'll do a round of BP and we'll, we'll do some kind of like team practices and cuts and relays. And it sounds very basic, but at the professional level, we still kind of do those elementary things to make sure that we know who has, who has authority over, like the second baseman will have authority over the first baseman if there's a pop-up over there. The center fielder has authority over the the corner outfielders. And everybody kind of has a specific place to be when the ball is hit uh, to the right side, the ball is hit to the left side. So it kind of, 
we we know where to go and we know where we're supposed to be. Uh, there's been plenty of times where uh, th- there'll be a pop up to the right side just past second base, and there's miscommunication, and we've we've gone over it plenty of times, hundreds of times, and the right fielder has authority over the second baseman because the second baseman's backpedaling and the right footer's running in. Mm-hmm. And there's been plenty of times where the second baseman will turn around expecting the right fielder to catch it. And the right fielder's looking at the second baseman like, it's right to you, why don't you catch it? <laughs> and the ball drops. Mm. And we lose the game. But when the second baseman and the right fielder get interviewed after the game, it's, you know, it was my fault. I did that. And even though he knows maybe it was a right fielder or maybe it was the second baseman's job to catch that, we're all kind of like falling on it to, to defuse it. And then when the cameras leave, that's when we kind of like, hey, man, like, you know, you're supposed to catch that. You know, you're supposed to be here. Let's flush it. Go on to the next one. Yeah. Because what happens if you don't do that? I mean, what happens if you just start blaming each other and you don't debrief it and you can't do it in full transparency I mean, what happens to a team at that point? Yeah, a lot of a, a lot of that happens where you don't get to the bottom of it, and you're actually having a fight with a teammate through the media, where mm-hmm. you're 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 saying something to the reporter like, you know, he should have got that, and the right fielder says to another reporter, well, he should have got that, and you don't squish it. That is so toxic. And cancerous in the in the clubhouse that it will it will ruin a season it will ruin a run it will ruin a streak that you're on and when when the business is not aired out and yeah it may get physical it may get loud but you know what it's, it's a locker room like you're supposed to, that's supposed to happen but I think one of the one of the big things is is holding yourself accountable mm holding yourself accountable and and knowing when you mess up because when you mess up and everybody's going to mess up you just got to learn from it and you got to take ownership of it and then move forward because that's the only way you're going to learn if you don't you're just going to be stuck in your ways and you're going to be stuck right there you're not going to get any better you're just going to lose every time yeah and that's something that we've talked about too is there are so many moments and i don't care you know you watch tv you watch not Chicago fire. Like what's, what's a EMS show that's where every, every time the patient survives, every time they save yeah, a life. Baywatch. Baywatch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was in that. <laughs> um, so, it's like every time, you know, the TV makes it look like we win every single time, every time we save a life, so on and so forth. But unfortunately, it it doesn't always work out that way, man. A lot of times we lose and it's, we've had this conversation in the past. How can we help paramedics look at a situation and say, you know what? I'm not going to let that failure define me. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, is there ever been any time when you're like, you know what? I'm not going to let this, I'm going to, yep. This one didn't work out that way. Next one is mine. I mean, my dad told me at a young age, you got to have short-term memory. Mm, that's good. And and it's like baseball is so unpredictable that it may work out, 
you may do something one way and it may work out that day and the next day you're giving up five ten runs in two innings you're like do i stink at baseball like what's the deal like i just won doing the same things that i did um so i think it it, it all goes back to short-term memory i mean That's you've great. got to have short-term memory good. and then to to move forward from that is the the game is based off peaks and valleys and you're trying to keep it mm. not get too high not get too low kind of stay right in between and you know when things are going good that's when a lot of guys get real superstitious they do the same things they don't talk and they're like okay they say the same things to the media or and then it then something bad happens and they change everything they yeah. want to change everything they want to change their swing want to change their approach uh want to change their mechanics but you can get you can lose yourself in that yeah and you get so lost that you can't find yourself or you can't find what what kind of got you there, what what you were successful with. You can change so much and think that you're doing everything backwards mm. that you can't go back to the original self that you were. Mm. So I think that it's I think that the short term memory loss is, is is the short answer. The long answer is 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 not not forgetting who you are, what got you there, how to prepare, you know, um, your preparation, your checklist, whatever it is that you call your routines, your rituals, do that, continue to do that. And if you take it on the chin, you take it on the chin, but the next day you're going to do those same things because you know that the law of averages is going to work out for you. All right, everybody, we're going to cut it right here, and we're going to pick up at this point next week. We're going to continue next week. We're going to talk to Adam a little more. We're going to continue to learn from him about how we can shape our mindset, how we can deal with stress, and talk about preparation. And we are also going to continue the conversation about the things that EMS providers, both EMTs, AEMTs, and paramedics, have in common with professional athletes. So thanks again for listening this week, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Medic Class Citizen. If you like what you heard, check out our website at www.medicclasscitizen.com. Also, find us on social media where you can follow, like, subscribe, and share. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we also have videos on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.